Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Freudman, co-founder and CEO of True Precious Metals, traded on the TSX Venture under the ticker symbol TRU and on the OTC under the ticker symbol TRUIF. We have a five-property portfolio on the central Newfoundland gold belt, including several in prime locations, besides some very promising neighbors. We're well-financed, looking to get our story out to the market. Hey, Joel. How are you? Lovely to meet you. Great to meet you, Matthew, virtually, and very happy to be here. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, look, we, we've not met before, spoken before. Story is new to us, so we're kind of going to go back a bit and uh, work out where it all started, where you're, what you're setting out to do, and what the, you know what what the uh, upside is for investors coming into this story. So, um, why don't we kick off and um, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? What's what's your track record? What have you done? Have you done this before? Uh, my background is a securities and mergers lawyer, which is always what I lead with because it does influence how I run the company and how our our whole team kind of thinks and approaches the game. Um, I I started actually my career in private practice with a junior securities uh, and corporate law boutique here in Toronto that focused on junior mining issuers. So even though I haven't been in the industry uh, up until more recently, my career actually started working with a whole bunch of TSX Venture listed junior miners, including a couple uh, that had around 250, 500 mil market caps. I also worked with a whole bunch of smaller ones. So did about two and a half years of that. Um, worked in-house as legal at financial institutions for about three years, major financial institutions here in Canada. So I've seen the finance side and now running, a, I, I set up a merchant bank after that. And so I've been doing that for five years, restructuring inactive shell companies, taking companies public via IPO, taking companies public via reverse takeover. So I've been very much in the deal space for the last five years in the micro cap sector of the, the transactional uh, public company environment. And with True, I've been running it since uh, in its current form since uh, September, August, September last year when we started the mining build out. Okay. When you say um, I'm trained as a lawyer and that gives you an idea of how I'm going to run this company or how I'm running this company, what do you mean by that? Well, I think uh, there's a couple of facets that are useful from my prior experience in private practice. Number one is actually legal and compliance. So I have a very good handle around all the rules of being a publicly listed company, as well as being a publicly listed mining company in terms of how, you know, 43101 disclosure looks. So, you know, we, we're trying to run a clean game, but it helps to know the rules in order to do that. I think that's important. Um, an additional one is I saw a lot of, we had many clients at our small firm, and some of them are more successful than others. And probably some of the best learnings I have are from the less successful ones, should we say, where you learn maybe what, what not to do um, or, or how things can go wrong if you're not keeping a close eye on managing the company and, and operations and execution and also building or losing market credibility. So those were very useful things from, from being a lawyer. And then also on the transactional front and even generally the corporate front, you know, I've my first deal was a TSX listed IPO or, or we brought a mining company public on the TSX when I was in private practice. Um, you know, I worked on everything, reverse takeovers, buyouts by private equity firms, uh, corporate finance and the routine disclosure stuff. So I have a really good handle on running a public company, which is important as the CEO, because sure, you can rely on, you know, your lawyers and your auditors. But ultimately, you know, we, we run a fairly effective ship here because I've seen a lot of things go wrong and I've also seen things done properly. And I mean, that has all kinds of ripple implications throughout the organization, how you build out the team, 
how you, you know, how you structure certain transactions, financings to, to hit the rules as well as what you want to achieve on a commercial level. Um, and also just how you kind of organize and, and take an analytical and methodical approach to running the business, which is important because now our company, you know, our company is like 20 million market cap. There's 20 people on staff. We have five projects. We have multiple exploration programs going. You have to be able to have good project management. And that's certainly something I learned starting out in private practice. Let's stick with this a bit, because about 50% of the uh, of this session is about people looking and listening to you and going, do I trust this guy? Is he going to lose me money? In fact, is he going to make me money? Right? So I'm going to stick with this. Ideally. Ideally, yeah, that's the <laughs> correct answer. Um, is when you said we, you're going to try and run a clean game, or you're going to run a clean game, no trying, you're going to run a clean game, and you've seen people be successful, you've seen people, you know, not be successful, and on the not successful, and you learn more, of course. Um, but the exchange has a little bit of a reputation for people gaming it, right? You're a lawyer, you, you don't want to lose that, right? You've got, rep you, right. know, you want to save your reputation, you can't do anything uh, that's not a clean game. So what are the things that you've learned from some of the things that you've seen, the malpractice, can we call it that? We can say that, can't we? Malpractice out there. There's, what are you there's learning? There's a lot of misconduct, especially in the junior mining industry, right? And so, you know, you, you have to be entrepreneurial in how you approach any public company, especially a junior public company in the microcap space, right? There, there are 800 or so TSX venture listed mining issuers. I did check a few weeks back. I'd say we're about number 400 by market cap. So I'm pretty pleased that in this stage of our development, we're halfway up the list, right? So we're, we're doing something right. We're differentiating ourselves. We're growing our market cap, uh, which does speak to your question of, is there upside for investors? You know, we're building out the company, increasing share price as well as market cap. Um, my approach has been, and especially we just went through a large, uh, a major regulatory process in connection with a transformational deal to acquire our flagship property, Golden Rose. We got it from a TSX listed uh, company, Altius Minerals, like 800 million market cap. And this change of business process, uh, they, it's, it's almost, it's akin to like a new listing. So they put you through almost an IPO like process. So when I say, you know, we, we try and approach it very like tact, uh, tactically and differently, you know, we comply with anything the exchange asks of us, which I think is important. We want to build a good relationship with our regulators. I don't know, this is the most exciting to investors, but like it is a differentiator. And on a more concrete level, we got through this change of business. It, it really kicked off. Like our stock was halted in January. We started the change of business process with like a conference in February. We didn't really make our filings till mid-March and we completed the process. We're out and done mid-May. So in two months, we got through what's akin to like a mini IPO. That's aggressive timeline. And there was a lot of work I was doing myself or people on our team. You know, I delegate to people on our team who are best positioned to tackle things. Is that, you know, here, our, our VP property development, he should be handling these submissions. We have summer analysts, they should handle these things. And being able to kind of delegate, parcel out the work, not everything just blindly goes to the law firm to figure out, well, that results actually in internal cost savings, which we can better deploy that money towards more important things that are value drivers like exploration, M&A, staffing up the team. And in addition, understanding how to respond to the regulators without being too cutesy, you know, or, or get it, saying something that's going to get you in trouble, or even something you can't deliver on. Well, we didn't do those things. I said, okay, we know what they're asking for. We know we we can decide on you know whether we, to what extent we agree with their comments, and it will help us better target our responses to get through this process. And so again, I think that's a lot of it's a, it's a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes, 
it would take most companies longer and more money to do it. So even though, again, it's, it's those types of things that I think investors wouldn't see on a day-to-day -day basis. And certainly you don't have a press release, here's what we're doing today. But it's when you add up those incremental approaches throughout the organization, you're starting to talk about meaningful, like six figures in legal savings, hard dollars, right? You're starting to talk what well, we shave probably a month to two months off the process of what it would have otherwise taken. Those start to add up to meaningful things because now, you know, we're, we've got a good um, wave, uh, a good, a good momentum in the sector and us being ready to trade sooner and being, you know, in good standing with the exchange, those things help us move faster to, to take advantage of good market conditions. So like there's real, there are real implications of all the behind the scenes mechanics. Yeah, it's, it, I was going to please take this the right way. You know, to, to structure and set up the company properly at the beginning is really, really important. It's essential admin, right? You, you got to get that right. Then you've got to put yep. the team together here. And I say you kind of, you're trying, you're accelerating into, and I guess the secret password of the day is Newfoundland, right? So you accelerated yep. into that momentum. So bravo. I think that's great. Um, I, and let, and we can talk about the, the, well, your flagship uh, asset and maybe some of the other portfolio assets too in a second. But talk to me about the team that you put around you. Because my, my question is, is a lawyer the best guy to head up a junior mining company? And you're gonna you're gonna give me the answer by talking me through the team. I suspect. Um, I think I'm well positioned for it, unexpectedly so, but happily so. Um, you want to hear more about the team for sure. I mean, it, I, I'm very pleased to be in the position. It was never. What's interesting is it wasn't in the career plan, but now that I'm in it, I I recognize the opportunity it presents. Like I've shifted from being lawyer to more opportunistic. We're on the merchant bank. We look to do deals. This is my opportunity to deliver for investors, marketplace, regulators, like key stakeholders, everybody, team I'm building around me because it's not just me. It's not a one-man show. One-man shows don't get far in this game. And so I think what's really critical is having good people around you as you speak to. Um, you know, we have, uh, we, have a, we, have a, uh, we have a longtime CFO I've been working with across multiple projects for five years. So, and he's like a great, he's like nuts and bolts accountant, conservative, um, not a capital markets guy, like a, just a rock solid CFO. You, you actually need that to make sure the money's there, payments get pro, all that kind of day-to-day -day stuff. So great CFO, long working relationship. Our VP property development, he's key. Uh, he has over 30 years of experience uh, internationally on mineral projects. He's worked in consulting. He's worked in industry. He was an executive at a publicly traded company for 16 years. So he's got like a pubco mindset coupled with the geology technical knowledge. So that's really good. And we have like, we have a whole bunch, you know, we have a director of communications, right? We have like, we, we put into place bookkeeping. We put into place capital markets people. Um, we're trying to cut, we have someone helping us with like M&A. Like we, we tried to put in people across all the functional areas of the business to build out a strong team because no one person can do it all. So I think I bring some- Exploration, what about exploration? Your, yeah. your junior exploration company, you haven't mentioned exploration yet. So. That's where I would be going to. So who's bringing that to the table? So the, the VP property development, sorry, we didn't. So interestingly, we didn't call him VP exploration as any other company would, because we want him to have um, a broader mindset than simply all the money must go in the ground. There are other ways to create value for mineral properties. So because he's worked as a public company exec, he's familiar with things like M&A, option transactions, JVs. He oversees our exploration and the team there, but he also looks for ways like how would we 
acquire or divest of properties? You know, what other transactions would it make sense to option out someone else's property or we option one of our properties to another company for, you know, cash or securities? It's part, that's all part of his role as well as supervising exploration. And then also with him, uh, so this VP property development is named Barry Green. He recruited a guy named Pierce Bradley, who's now our exploration manager. Pierce used to work for Maritime Resources at their hammer down deposit, which is being, you know, prep stage to be built towards a mine. They're probably in the evaluation stage. So we recruited him to come join True because he wants to help with exploration and discoveries. Um, so, I mean, and he, so Pierce also 30 plus years experience. He's working in Newfoundland for a junior gold exploration company, building a deposit towards a mine. So like what better position, you know, to recruit from into our company than someone like himself with his knowledge base and connections. So now we have two guys on the ground who head up the exploration efforts. And then we also have, uh, you know, a whole field crew of at this point, it's probably about 10 people, contractors, employees. Some of them are, some of them themselves are professional geologists. So very good field crew to actually explore across a five property portfolio. So, you know, when you, when you look at the broader org structure, uh, I'm here to kind of help support everyone, help keep things on track, move us forward effectively, help with financing M&A strategy, but definitely for things, especially like exploration, which is a key value driver for a mineral exploration company, rock solid people with like three decades of experience. Right. And, and so, so Barry and Pierce, they're full-time on your uh, project. They're not working anywhere else, not, not distracted. They're working Correct. for you at your instruction. Okay. So what have you tasked them with doing? <laughs> I had an hour call with Barry right before this call. There's lots going on. Um, I mean, this kind of tails into what exploration we're doing. We've got five properties. We put out a press release on May 31st saying we're going to explore. I think we talked about four of the five. We are doing all those things. So in terms of value drivers and, you know, building, attaining market credibility and gaining momentum, we've, uh, we sent guys out to, uh, to Gander West, which is 16 kilometers from Newfound Gold, where they're drilling like bonanza grade results. So we're doing a very early stage program there, grassroots property. We have a property called Rolling Pond. It borders Newfound Gold. We had guys there doing a, a significant uh, soil sampling program across the property. Those, I think both of those are completed by now. And I think we press released those. Um, we also are in the midst of doing drilling at twice. So I'm actually moving up a bit the food chain here, Twilight Gold. Uh, we're drilling there. We announced a 1200 meter program. Uh, you know, some of the guys like the first hole they saw even, and they realized it's, you know, we, we had some flow through money coming in, which I'll touch on later. They said, why don't we expand the program? You know, we give ourselves more chance to chances to test the structure. Let's do a more meaningful program as well. We can afford to. So 2,500 meter drill program. Uh, and we are running uh, a surface level program at Golden Rose, the flagship asset. It's beside a 4 million ounce gold deposit. On the other side, 840,000 ounce gold deposit. And we have a four man team down there, plus Pierce, our exploration manager, right now exploring that property. So, so not only are we actually delivering on all the plans we set out for the market a couple of weeks ago, but like we have to administer and manage those programs. So, there's a lot for to keep these guys busy. There's a lot. Well, there's a lot, a lot of press releases. There seems to be a press release every few days. Um, you're keen to tell the world about it. Um, so they they are busy. Let, let's you mentioned it there. Let's talk let's talk money now because I want to understand how much is available and realistically what you're going to be able to do. So you, you raised some money recently. So what, what what's the situation financially? Sure. We started with one. Let's say one and a half million dollars. Um, at the end of last year, we had even up to early this year, we had a million and a half bucks. We went out in March on the backs of this option transaction to get the Golden Rose project from Altius, 
we, we did a three and a half million dollar raise, way oversubscribed from our one to two million target. Uh, lead order was from Palisades Gold Corp. We got other institutions in. We got uh, numerous Bay Street brokerages represented and their clients, uh, high net worth investors. So like a very good cross section of uh, investor support for that financing back in March. That was hard dollar money. Uh, we realized it would be prudent for us to raise flow through money so we can uh, explore our properties, of course. And so we just closed actually on Friday, another three and a half million dollar financing, this time led by Eric Sprott or, or with Sprott becoming the major shareholder. But we also had, there was a Sprott fund or, or funds managed by Sprott were also in the mix. We had another institution as well in the mix. It was all institutional round. So now you're talking, we have like pro forma, seven to $8 million in the bank. Half of it's hard dollars for like running the company, you know, staffing, marketing, like whatever, M&A, whatever it is, and three and a half million for, for exploration, purely for exploration, right? The flow through money. And our budget as disclosed was 2.1 million for the year. So, so we actually, are, our limitation is almost getting enough good personnel to execute the programs because there's definitely a competition for personnel resources in Newfoundland. Um, but we're, we're very well financed to run the program. In fact, we can do almost double what we budgeted. So like we're, that's why we doubled the Twilight Drilling Program. That's why we've got more people down at Golden Roses. Let's accelerate our exploration spending to see what we really got on our properties. Right, and you feel that you can double it safely. You're not kind of getting ahead of yourself. That's the right way to approach it. That, that's a very good question. So we even the Twilight Drilling, I guess we have the money to go to kind of go nuts. We said, let's go from 1200 meters to 2500 meters, right? It's, you see companies announcing 5,000, 10,000 meters, we're not going right there. Why don't we first do some, you know, targeted drilling, get a sense of what's under the ground. Let's kind of evaluate. Let's see if we can follow up historical results. And then once we have a better handle, then we probably got better latitude from like from the market, from investors, even internally, more consensus to do more drilling. And it's the same thing with our other properties. We're trying to be very staged. Like Golden Rose, there's one drill target right now on the property, Southwoods Lake Zone. And there's pretty like a bunch of hits for gold there. So like that's a, you know, and that's just public news. Like if you look, there's a lot of good drill intercepts, but instead of going drilling the one place, let's go spend some of this money cost effectively blanket the property with like prospecting, mapping, soil sampling, right? Maybe a geophysical surveys. Maybe we have multiple drill targets on that property. And then when we go to drill it later this year, when we said we're going to do a 5,000 meter program, maybe we have multiple targets to shoot for. So let's kind of be more segmented in our approach and how we spend that flow through money. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves and just go drill, 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 waste the money. You know, let's be prudent with it. Right. Obviously, people like seeing, you know, drilling announced and they like to see, you know, nice results as well. But that was, that was my, that's why I was asking that question. It's like, uh, you don't want to rush into this thing. I mean, so how much information did you have about each of those properties before you started, you know, and how much more, you know, basic information are you going to need to put together before you can do a proper drill program? Yeah. Well, yeah, on the, so I'll stick, you know, with the two, the, the most active, most prominent properties. So Golden Rose, uh, it's again, the flagship asset. And the reason we like it so much is it's along the Cape Ray Valentine Lake shear zone to be very specific to Newfoundland, which is, it's a geological corridor. It's, it's, I describe it sometimes as a, a diagonal line or a street. Well, if we're on this street, we're next to the biggest house in the street, which is Marathon Gold, 4 million ounce gold deposit. We're right next door. Like you can look at the maps. We're right next door to 4 million ounces. And on the other side of us, Matador Mining, 840,000 ounces. So, you know, we're, I say we're sandwiched between two gold deposits. For, for a guy who's a lawyer and not a geologist, where else would you look for gold is on a geological, on a street, 
that has two gold deposits. So that's like ideal for us. Um, so we are deploying a lot of surface level work there. There's a lot of historical work done though. There's been some historical drill programs to delineate this initial target. There's been, um, some geophysical surveying, there's been trenching. I went there myself. If you go look at our, look at our Twitter feed, Facebook, you'll see, you know, videos and pictures of me going to the Southwoods Lake zone. Cause I was just there two weeks ago at this point. Um, so the, and we have a 43101 technical report published as well on this project. So like we have a very good handle on the historical work. Uh, most of the work was done 2010 to 2018 when there was less excitement about mining. So other people probably ran out of money or said, we can't focus on this many properties. You know, we're not going to keep it, but it's actually like, it's, a, it's an amazing property to have, amazing property to have. And then also, if you look at Twilight Gold, where we're drilling, there was a drill program in 99 by Fort Knox. I think Altius at some point was somewhere involved there. So we also there, we have geo, historical geophysical work. We have historical drill holes. So in neither of these cases, are we like drilling blindly? Like there's been historical drilling, let alone a series of other surface level uh, and surveying type of work that we're basing our own exploration on. So we're, you know, we're piggybacking on what's already been done. Right. Okay. Fantastic. So you're not necessarily going to double the, double the budget in terms of drilling, but you are, you can double the budget in terms of work on the ground. Right. So that's what we're saying. Correct. On Twilight, we doubled the size of the drill program. That's not the overall budget. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Understood. Just worth, worth clearing up because there's you know, a few questions sent in there. Um, okay. You, you are next door to uh, Newfound Golds. So you are next. Well, you're, I think that's the one that most we have, people We do said. have one property that borders Newfound Gold, yeah. actually. So we are next door neighbors to them. Yeah. And you've got, you've got Marathon down, down a little bit further south. Um, it, it, you know, so you are in the right neighborhood. Are the people are excited about it. Do you think people are more excited about that? Um, and that's why you're getting the, these investments, that they're exposed to this role of just placing bats on anyone in Newfoundland. And it may come off, it may not. Would you think that, you know, you've, you've been able to prove them something a little bit more than that? You're not just a, a random bat. You've got the team to succeed. So the team is critical because it's ultimately, again, you need a team to execute all the plans and to keep us moving on all fronts. Um, but the pro I, I, I always come back to the properties as a mineral exploration company. It's like, even if, you know, we're all doing a great job, we can't make there be gold in the ground. So what better places to look than when, than where we know there is gold in the ground, which I think is crucial. And so this is why I talk up our properties is because given my background from the legal side, rather than the geological side, I realized we need good geology to ultimately be the foundation of our company. And in Golden Rose and Twilight, and then we got these two properties right near Newfound Gold, uh, Rolling Pond and Gander West, you know, we're very, we're very well situated. I think in particular the Golden Rose and Twilight, because they're on like this known deposit bearing structure, that's that's as much risk mitigation as you can do without doing any exploration work, is just be well situated up front on a geological level. And so that's real estate no one else is going to reproduce. Eric Sprott is taking a portfolio diversification approach because he can afford to. Uh, and he, so he he put in 2 million bucks or so in our financing that we just closed. So you know, awesome to have him in the shareholder base. Uh, he, he can afford probably to have, you know, invest in a whole bunch of companies, although notably it's not every single company in the gold belt. So there was some analysis process done on, you know, on that end. Um, but in terms of us, it's especially if you look at this Cape Ray Valentine Lake Shear Zone, we've got the two properties, no one else is getting that land except us and it's deposit we know it's deposit bearing along the structure so i think that's a very good differentiator we have and then you layer on well we're well financed we have a good team right you, ha you have a different mentality probably running the company 
Um, then you start to layer on all these other good things around the company. I think that make us different. Fantastic. You've gone and appointed um, winning media. It's a US media digital agency, 100,000 bucks paid up front. What do they do for you for that? So we listed on the US over the counter, as I mentioned, as, as the OTCQB. Um, they're responsible for like our digital marketing and advertising program down in the States. Uh, you know, all the infrastructure we built out up here in terms of capital markets, presence team, everything, well, we don't, we don't have nearly as much of that in the States. And so in order to create presence there, particularly during COVID when it's harder to go around and do something like a roadshow, we need to make sure our story is marketed down in the States. And there's a lot of Canadian juniors going down into the States. Part of that is a good online presence down there. And so they're, you know, in charge of things like ad buying, copy design, to build an online presence for us that we hope will engage U.S. investors to the OTCQB and specifically to TrueF traded down there. Right. And you've also done the same thing with another company, uh, Venture Liquidity Providers. Uh, smaller, so, 50,000 50, bucks. Is that right? Something like that? That one's, that one's five grand a month. Right. Um, so that's a market maker. So their job is to like help with liquidity and the securities and kind of help ensure an orderly market. They can post bids and asks, like reduce the spread. Um, you have to kind of take a multifaceted, multi-channel approach to things like how you build up the capital markets presence, because you don't have, just like I can't do it all, just like I need a VP of exploration and you're right. And we need all these people on different facets of the company. You need the same thing with a marketing capital markets, investor relations program. You don't just have a one-stop shop where they say, we do everything. You know, you need a mix of traditional roadshows or virtual now market making. I think online presence is probably something a lot of mining companies haven't thought of. So, you know, I'm very happy with like, we have a great marketing manager. She's done a, a web, nice website for us and our social media. Um, but it helps to have a number of people who can help amplify the online presence because so much of, you know, this video is probably going to be watched by a whole bunch of people online, right? We've got one viewer. He's a really good guy. You'll like him. Perfect. I'm glad we're making the presence in the entire <laughs> Okay. No, but I, 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 it's important to talk about this because you get um, people writing in and they go, why are you spending so much money on marketing? Why sh you should be putting the money in the ground? You know, your answer yeah. to that is it's multifaceted. you got to come it's up. It's complementary. Right. Okay. So there you go. I mean, go. think about it. I, I'll go back to there's 800 TSX venture listed mining companies, right? So how many have your viewers heard of? Because independently, I can go tell 50 friends and family and whoever I know, but that's still only cast such a wide net. Like I don't know the whole junior mining investing space. And so you, you need similarly, you need service providers across all facets of the organization to help support whatever pillar of the company it is, whether it's investor relations, administration, bookkeeping. Right. You need, you need a bit of everything going for you to, to attain momentum and keep it. Right, exactly. So you, at the end of those contracts with those companies, you will have measured them and said, you because you'll you'll have put some KPIs in place that said, right, success for me looks like this. Go and deliver this. And they'll come back. And then you can talk, talk to the market and go, well, look, this is what they did for us. Is that is that the way it works? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't we, do that we, stuff. Yeah, sure. No, like we do look at those kind of metrics, right? We look at like, well, what's our social media engagement? How many people are viewing our posts, right? How many people are visiting our website? How many people are looking at our deck? Uh, is is there is there more increased trading in other markets? Where again, we don't have a physical presence. So you know, True now has people literally across Canada, Vancouver, Toronto, Fredericton, uh, and Central Newfoundland. So I mean, that's a really good pan Canadian presence. But again, we don't have anyone on the ground in the states. We don't have anyone on the ground either in Frankfurt, where we're also listed. So we need some of these complementary service providers. I mean, I would argue it's maybe more cost effective than going and hiring a whole team in those 
jurisdictions, right? Is maybe you just go to someone who says, look, we'll handle your marketing and your advertising presence in this country. You give us a one-time payment. Maybe it's better than taking on several full-time employees whose job it is to, you know, get the story out on the ground there or, or establish an office presence or anything. So it's, it's, it's complementary. And in addition, it's not a one-for-one -one trade off. I think is important to mention because we have hard dollars, which is for anything public company related and we have flow through money. So particularly now that we've got the flow through money, which is key, it's not like we spend 50 grand or hundred grand or 10 grand on anything corporate related. And that saps the exploration budget because that flow through money has to be spent on the ground. So like, no matter what, that money has to be spent by the end of next year. So it's going to be spent on exploration. Okay, so and that's why I think, I think they're very much complementary buckets of, of capital within the company. Okay. So, so, so let me come back a little bit full circle in the sense that I said, so you're a lawyer, you're not a junior explorer. From what I'm hearing, you're saying, well, actually, that allows me to look at it differently. And that allows us to maybe be in the middle of that ranking system in terms of market cap, because we are coming at it differently. How, what else do you think that you're going to have to do that's new to continue to stand out? So I've heard the marketing bits, the market making and digital media bit. Um, I've heard the way that you put the team together and, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit, Unorthodox in a way, you know, it's a little bit unusual. So, what 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 else are you going to do? Um, the I mean, the one other thing we've touched on, we put out a strategy press release on June fifteenth, and that is intended as kind of market guidance. Of you say we're putting out a number of press releases, definitely. I think it's important to show the market, especially especially as you say, if we're doing things fairly differently. Maybe people are wondering, should I invest? Should I follow the stock? I want to see how it plays out. Well, what better way, I think, than to say, here's how we're going to run the company and then deliver on the guidance as, be as best we can, right? It's always subject to, you know, market factors, gold prices, whatever, execution risk. At least let's try and minimize execution risk on our end and deliver as much as we can within the market conditions. And so one of the pillars of that strategy, there's a couple of things. Are one is exploration, obviously, and, and targeted exploration, like uh, prudent spending of our, our flow through dollars of our exploration money to advance and develop the properties. There's another one which is look to add mining executives to the company. It's never going to hurt us having more good people rallied around the company. And there's another one which is uh, look at proper, like consider property transactions when they come to us. And ideally ones where we're along the shear zone or that we consolidate existing land holdings. So that's kind of like a complementary property M&A type of slant to the company that I don't know how many mining companies actively consider that. But from my perspective, particularly given my background, I think that's a way to add value, whether it's acquisitions or divestitures and build the company, um, you know, perhaps non-dilutively or just simply differently than the only way we can make a return for investors, the only way we can advance the company is drilling. That's, that's merely one set in a larger toolbox. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting to me. It's almost like because of your M&A experience, it's easy for you and it's, it's going to be cheap for you and, and probably quick for you. Do, you. do you start trading, buying, and then immediately flipping pro projects? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering how far you prepare, you, you want to go with that, where you see the opportunities. Because, you know, in other, other sectors or the industry, that happens all the time. But is that a little bit harder here? Uh, I, we're, we're still ultimately have to be discovery oriented. I'd sure. say. So the focus is the focus is definitely the mineral properties where there are opportunities on the transactional side, whether property level or corporate level. But, you know, initially, like, let's kind of focus on the property level. 
we'll certainly evaluate them. If they make commercial sense or they're strategic, you know, we'll certainly entertain those kind of transactions. Okay. But you, you, you're remembering what you're about. You're an exploration company. But if, if there's an opportunity to make money, you'll, you'll uh, have a look at it. Sure. I mean, ultimately, it's like our job, is, our ultimate job is create shareholder value, right? So like grow market cap, increase share price, those things are nice. People are investing not just because they want to see a Newfoundland success, right? Most people are also investing to make a return on their investment. We get that. Uh, there's just different ways we can deploy capital and management time, all of which could attain those ultimate outcomes. Yeah, because but the, definitely the, focus the, has to be exploration. For sure, for sure. But the, the, there's also a game, the, there's also a game of foot. Obviously, I said the, the, the magic word is Newfoundland at the moment, and there's a real froth and excitement, momentum to that. And some companies will be able to deliver. You mentioned Marathon, obviously sitting on a, a, a you know four plus million answers, um, and others are early days. But everyone's excited. Everyone's plowing into this. But once they see those gains, those gains will be taken off the table. You can. How do you manage something like that for you guys? Because that, that would be harmful, right? Yeah, it, it it's it's a delicate balance with no one size fits all answer. I will actually go back to our properties, which also ties into kind of this previous line of discussion here that, you know, especially we hope that our properties are prospective enough and well-situated enough that if and when the tide comes and washes people out, we are well capitalized and we have the right properties that will allow us to ride out, you know, any downturns as well as now when there's significant excitement. Now, we don't know how long this excitement would last. And you have to think with the results that are coming out of the companies in the area. I mean, even Marathon, who's already got the, you know, by far the hugest resource in, in Atlanta, Canada, they continue to do infill drilling to expand their resource. And again, they're, they're right next door to our Golden Rose project. So, the story is not. The story is actually still fairly early. It's it's far from the end. But in the meantime, for sure, there's peaks and valleys, right? Like it is a commodity business. There's no question. Some people, no matter what, some people are going to say, "I'm happy. I made some gain on my investment." You know, they'll sell. Like we can only do so much about that. So we have to kind of. Our job is do enough other things to keep the company moving, advancing, being a successful investment and a successful business. That will kind of ride out the any kind of fluctuations in the market conditions. I think. It certainly seems on a fundamental geological level, the story is not going away. Like the 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 prospectivity is increasing, not being not being kind of proven out the other way. Yeah, I mean the story the project doesn't go away because it's geological, it's there. It's it's in the rocks. But in what, what form that goes forward is, is the question. It's like, how, how do you protect yourself from that kind of frothy market, those ups and downs? You know, if you're a takeout target, are you in control of that? Or, you know, are you on the defense? And, you know, at some point, not all of these Newfoundland stories are going to, going to work. They, they don't, doesn't work like that anywhere else in the world. And, and this isn't going to be yeah. an exception. So you've got to, about creating shareholder value. I, I, I totally get it. And all CEOs say that, but it's, I'm just intrigued about, you know, what's, what's your best form of defense is attack, go and uh, do MA, be in the front foot, be, be in charge of that roll up. Or do you just say, well, let's focus uh, on what we can get out of the ground and we'll get the best price possible, but we're probably not designed to build, say. Do you know what I mean? You, you can come out of a multitude of ways. It, yeah. It, I mean, it sounds like you're asking me, are we going to be the consolidator? <laughs> it, it's a route. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speculate that far into the future, right? Because like you can see how the market can kind of change quickly. 
I think key pillars for us is good properties, which is what we can fall back on, regardless of where the quantity price environment is. Well financed, very important, right? Because even if even if everything goes very badly, we still have millions and millions of dollars in the bank. So like we're not going anywhere. And a great team because you have good people and they'll kind of figure. I think what's important is like you'll you'll have to figure the way regardless of what the conditions are, right? Like this is this is part of the job. It's no one said it's easy running a junior public mineral exploration company. But if like if to, in order to do that job effectively, you just have to be prepared for the fact that the future is uncertain. You know, there's going to be economic uncertainty. The share price will fluctuate. Uh, if someone came and approached us to take us out, I mean, like, is that a bad outcome for shareholders? Maybe not. I mean, I, I, I would think uh, there's eventually going to be consolidation in the area. I'd have to think you see it pretty much anywhere else. Right. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, we have millions of dollars in the bank. There's a lot of other companies that also now have millions of dollars in the bank between Sprott, between all kinds of other resource funds, you know, whatever, it, just general fundraising. So there's a lot of cashed up players who for the time being can kind of stay independently. Um, but I think eventually there'll be a consolidation and, uh, you know, we just want to be well positioned for that if, and when it happens, otherwise we want to be able to continue going about our business, exploring what we've got, well-financed, good team, good cap structure, uh, you know, keep our heads down and keep working and getting the job done. Great stuff, Joel. Appreciate you coming and telling us the story. And more importantly, appreciate you sharing how you're thinking about it. Um, stay in touch. Um, listen to how you get on. Maybe next time we can dive down into the projects proper. Sounds great. I appreciate the opportunity, Matthew. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.